This episode of You Should Know This is brought to you by Fierce MedTech Innovation Week, an exclusive virtual experience from April 26th through the 28th, exploring the latest innovations in medical technology and what is driving this $600 billion industry. Register for free at FierceMedTechInnovation.com. Welcome to the You Should Know This podcast by BCC Research. Our podcast features innovative companies and individuals who are working to shape, disrupt, and revolutionize not only their own industries, but also the way we'll live and work in the future. Each week, we talk to visionaries whose work is something you should definitely know about. Now, here's your host, Clara Mowit. Hello and welcome back. I'm your host, Clara Mawad, and as a content specialist for BCC Research, I'm excited to bring you along as we talk to the companies and individuals who are leading us into the future. COVID-19 has brought with it plenty of disruption, but one of the biggest notable changes is the lack of in-person events. Now, as we tentatively reintroduce experiences that have been put on hold for over a year, the question is, how do we do this in a safe manner? The answer? by the combination of brilliant minds, AI technology, and machine learning, naturally. With me today is Professor Stephen King, Chief Innovation Officer for the Reese Innovation Lab, and Natalie Huggins, Student User Experience Designer from the University of North Carolina. Stephen and Natalie, along with their team, work to create the Health Greeter Kiosk to help the transition back to in-person activities, such as attending classes or conferences. This is a data-driven way to confirm how many people are wearing masks and social distancing in order to help everyone maintain safety in this reintroduction. However, this has the potential to be so much more. So without further ado, let's dive in. Stephen, Natalie, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. What's up, everyone? So to start us off, um, I would love to know a bit about both of your backgrounds. So Stephen, kind of a bit of your journey, what led you to leading the the Health uh, Greeter Kiosk project, and Natalie, how you got involved in it. So maybe, Stephen, if you want to kickstart us off, and then Natalie, by all means, jump in. So as a professor of emerging technologies, we're constantly looking at what is the, the new technologies that come and how do we use that for solving problems. Essentially, our lab is all about solving problems, and we have a process and a framework that helps us do that. And this was just another problem to solve. And so as we, um, as UNC went to remote learning um, and our team was, um, was all remote, we started working through this problem concept of how might we use emerging technologies to stop the spread of COVID. And we focused it down to AI and then, you know, kind of we went down that path. But ultimately, it was in the essence of what we do in the lab every day, which is just use technology to solve a problem. Brilliant. Yeah. So I'm, I'm Natalie Huggins, and I'm a senior undergraduate student at UNC Chapel Hill. Um, I'm double majoring in computer science and interactive media in the Husband School of Journalism and Media. And I found Professor King through one of his courses on interactive media and found the Reese Innovation Lab um, through that. And I applied and joined to be a student fellow. So my role in the lab um, is really a UX UI designer, which is user experience and um, user interface design, which is actually two distinctive roles. Um, UI, user interface design, is like the design of specific elements or components of a digital experience that users interact with, while 
user experience or UX, which we focused a lot on in the Health Greeter kiosk project, um, is really like designing this experience, the you know human computer interaction and kind of just the overall usability of like a product or service. So. Great. And you guys are really tackling it from all angles. You're looking at the overall problem to solve and then the design of the actual machine and then the experience between the machine and the people that will be using it. So covering all of your grounds, which gives us plenty to really um, deconstruct. So let's jump right into it. COVID-19, everyone knows, has put a damper on in-person events, hence the whole purpose of this project. How would you say that the Health Greeter kiosk allows for events to continue to continue moving forward now in a safe way? So let me start with kind of describing the technology and what we're doing. So we have these large, about seven feet high, um, vertical screens that are kiosks that um, use computer vision to detect if there's a person and if that person's wearing a mask and then how close or far away they are from other people. And so we use positive messaging, which is what Natalie worked on, was how do we present it to people? But basically, we take the data of how close are they, are they wearing their mask, and then we present information to them that reminds them to put on their mask, to spread out. And then we're also collecting that data uh, so that we can know, well, how effective is it? And are people putting on their masks? Okay, perfect. So... That gives us an, a good overview of the kiosk and then how it operates just really quickly um, as people, because this is capturing information as people are walking, right? How do you ensure that people are seeing these messages that are being presented to them? So part of that is placement, like finding the right place to put this. So, for example, we did this at um, ACC football. So when, uh, you know, at the UNC Keenan Stadium, uh, we put them at every entrance gate. And so people would be walking across campus and they might have, you know, not had their mask on while they're walking across campus outdoors. And then when they get to the, the ticket line, essentially to, to show their tickets, um, this is where we put them. And so people, we saw multiple occurrences where people were like, oh, yeah, I need my mask on. And they would put their mask on and they see it there. I mean, it's like really obvious. It calls it out. And so it was important that the messaging is quick um, and easy to read. Um, and so you can do it walking by, um, but also not so um, obtrusive that we want to you know, stop you from the experience you're there for. Right. Kind of blending it in while still making sure it does its job. And what's really neat about this is, especially because you're focusing on school events for right now, is bringing in the students to help in the whole process. So, uh, Natalie, this for this question is more geared to you. How, as a student, how has your involvement in this helped? Because I know that being able to capitalize on the fact that you have a better idea of what the student body is kind of going through, I'm sure that that kind of got brought into play? Yeah, um, it's really interesting because UNC is almost like our pilot location for a lot of this technology and we saw a lot of um, good things from it. So being a student myself, I think that my mindset was immediately focused on, you know, the student user experience and like the average student thoughts of their likely, like average likely responses to these, this technology and kind of being confronted by these screens with your video feed on it, you know, and my mind was kind of like, what would I think about these systems if I had, you know, no stake in them necessarily. And I'm really grateful that I did have the opportunity to have an influence over them. But I think I took that that student perspective, you know, really seriously, because and I think that it wasn't only the designers, but also the developers and everyone kind of working on the lab was realizing that this idea of user experience was going to be really important to the success of the 
the technology and the project. So specifically the user experience design of like the mass detecting kiosks um, that the lab kind of saw success with on UNC's campus at like football games. You know, the challenge there was, you know, introducing this new technology, this AI to students in a way that was effective to the, the mission of encouraging mask use and social distancing um, and could potentially be used in classroom buildings, not just in like a sports um, scenario. And, um, and not to seem like a mysterious computer watching or patrolling the halls or patrolling you, but it's really, we focused on clear and positive messaging, just about like maintaining and um, adhering to these COVID safety conditions. Right. And we'll talk about the way that people have responded to that in a second. But before we do, I just want to break down the technology that you guys have been using a bit more because there's a lot of move, moving parts that the that the kiosk has to monitor. So how have you been able to utilize AI and machine learning in order to figure out what it needs to look for and to do it consistently and with accuracy? Because there's a lot of people and a lot of people moving. So how how does that all work? Yeah, so we are using the Intel depth sensing camera that has both a you know traditional camera on it as well as a depth sensor, and so the using those two together, we're pretty accurate about you know defining if if there's a person there, and then we have a machine learning trained model of if people are wearing their mask or not. And so we can, you know, but that model understands if someone's wearing it over their nose, if they're just wearing it on their chin, if it's just not covering and it instructs the, you know, it instructs and informs people based on what we've seen and we've been able to train it that way. So we use machine learning to train the model. Uh, and then this is actually a model that we, we actually took from um, previous work that had been done in Asia for a previous uh, pandemic. Uh, and then we were able to um, test and add to it and continue to train it based on you know, the types of people and masks and things that we were seeing. Um, and so we were able to keep enhancing that. So the machine learning piece for the mass detection is really important. Then on the depth sensing, which is how we detect if, you know, the distance between people, we focus really hard on measuring well and basically determining, we, we detect the skeletons, we make sure we get those measurements well. And so um, we work really hard to, to get that right and, and, and form it in a easy to see way. And so we, we just use a, a you know, red dot and a green dot, essentially. Like if you're too close, it's red. And if you're, you're, um, you're far enough away, it's green. So it's very simple to do. But that technology requires kind of all these things to happen in real time. And so you know, when we, we, the goal was to get to 30 frames per second. And we had to work really hard to get us to, to 30 frames per second. When we first, our first prototypes were around eight frames per second. So we had to work with, um, we, um, we have a great partnership with Lenovo and Lenovo's uh, AI engineers helped us get the right hardware to, to be able to do this and helped us to refine some of our, uh, some of our, the way we interacted with the computer. And so we were able to take that and really get that up to 30 frames per second, which made for a better user experience. And also we can handle about 10 to 12 people in a frame at any given time. So that's pretty much, you know, a standard, like moving through a doorway. That's, that's easy. We can even have big corridors or, you know, think about the football games. Like we had lots of people coming through there and we can message to about uh, 10 to 12 at a time. Nice. And the other side of that, so that's the tech piece, uh, which is really cool. It's also just neat to see all of these different, uh, you know, new technologies being utilized in this way. I love learning about things like that. Uh, now, the other half of that is making sure that the users are taking this in a positive way. Now, COVID tends to be, you know, a situation that a lot of people are hoping to have resolved pretty quickly. So there seems to be, you, you, you could assume that there's a lot that would be 
that would lend itself well to that. Like, okay, cool. I want to be back on campus. If this is going to help, that sounds great. However, that being said, I know that there's the cons, the you know the the possible idea of of people taking this as wait now I'm being monitored all of the time. And you guys have mentioned this before that this was something that you didn't want to um, that that's not what you wanted to have come across. So how did how did people initially respond to it? And how do you address the wariness or maybe some skepticism that AI projects tend to bring to the table? Yeah, so I can speak on this. I think um, with students in mind, the and the issue of privacy came up pretty quickly um, amongst people working on this project, the designers, developers, everybody in the lab. We knew that the users might question like, if the video on the feed was recorded or if like any facial recognition data was like logged to the kiosk. Because if you think about, you know, what the computer is kind of gauging the structure of your face to some point, to determine like if you're wearing a mask or not and where that mask is placed on your mask. So uh, where the mask is placed on your face. So there's an obvious question there of, you know, what else is this computer taking into account? What else is it, you know, um, seeing about me or watching me? But I think an integral part of the interface design included and needed to include um, clear messaging that this was not the case. Like there was no video recording, there's no facial recognition going on. And we kind of um, decided on this after receiving feedback from talking to, you know, various groups on campus, like advisory groups and most of the minority groups on campus, student groups, life groups, just to name a few. And we were asking for like their feedback, I think of just like initial reactions of like how wary these kiosks made them think, made them feel or like the, the idea of AI, as well as just like what their reactions were to, you know, implementing this technology on campus to a broader um, student population. And there was even a lot of discussion around the design of the boxes around people's faces. You know, if there's going to be a red box surrounding your face, if you're not wearing a mask, how visually that would seem to users walking by the kiosks and like if they were going to be able to recognize what the kiosks were even um, displayed or what those red boxes meant. So. Um, we needed to be careful on like the design of the boxes and making sure that was positive and, you know, not demonizing people who weren't following protocol, but encouraging uh, the correct uh, mask use and the correct social distance practice. So um, there are even ideas of like gamifying the experience of the kiosk, for example, like adding an element of keeping a streak going, like how many people in a row could walk past the kiosk wearing a mask and practicing social distance. Um, um, and kind of like counting up and keeping that number going, it's kind of a game element to be like a positive incentive. But the team realized that maybe these like embellishments would, while they're going with the mission of positive reinforcement, positive messaging and encouragement, instead of like, you know, monitoring messaging, um, they could potentially create crowding themselves around the kiosks if they were, you know, so engaging or if, you know, students or users were kind of interested in um, what the game was doing or what the kiosks were displaying for longer enough. And we wanted to keep that crowd flow moving, of course. So we decided to design the experience to be more streamlined and to not include a game element, but just to show those clear symbols of mass detected, you know, check mark, mass not detected, and positive messaging um, instead of like a policing or monitoring messaging that we thought would be less effective. And I love it because it, it is such a balancing act. Sorry, Stephen. I know I, <laughs> I totally interrupted. No, that's great. Like, I just want to say, like, I'm so proud of you know Natalie and our team because, like, I I tell them, you know, I want you to design this and it needs to be engaging, but not too engaging, <laughs> you know. And like, it was like it really was a balance and things we had to work through and iterate through. And they did a really good job trying to figure that out. Yeah, it sounds like it. It sounds like you really considered all of the elements, which is great because there's also this. 
this sense of urgency when it comes to these sorts of things that I know that sometimes can can rush projects, but it really sounds like you guys took all of the time necessary and looked at it from all of the necessary angles, um, which is just going to help with its, its success. So I know that you guys have launched this with the football game, as you mentioned. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that its initial pilot, as far as on the large scale, is for uh, Chapel Hill in the fall for when students start to come back to campus. Is that correct? Well, we already have it deployed across campus. We already have students on campus okay, cool. now. And so we do have it deployed now. We've got um, all throughout different buildings, academic buildings, you know, places where people will gather. We've chosen the right spots to help remind them at the right times. Um, so, so that is already there. And I think we were going to just continue to expand it even more in the fall. You'll see more devices deployed out there. Um, and then, but we wanted to go past just the school and we want to see it go to lots of other places. Can we get it to a place where people can use it to help them regather, to help conferences, to be able to like put them in retail locations and those types of things to help uh, help people get out into the community. Great. And so looking at that, what is the next step when it comes to scalability? Are you guys going to start with schools? Are you going to start with the surrounding area? Kind of what what are your your plans there? Yeah. So we've partnered with Lenovo to help us deploy this very quickly. Um, they, you know, they have the infrastructure and can, you know, have the equipment ready. And, and so we've partnered with them to do that. So now, um, like basically as of in a, a week or so, um, schools would be able to just go onto the website and purchase the equipment. It comes ready to go. You plug it in, you connect it to your Wi-Fi, and that's it, right? Like it's, it is ready to go. Um, and so we're doing that to make it easy. Um, so it will scale out that way. Um, and then we are also going to be trying to say, you know, what are the places that need this the most? Is it conference centers? You know, like, are there certain, you know, tourist attractions and things that would be really, that would benefit from getting their revenue back because people feel safer coming through it? Makes perfect sense. And it's great that you guys have been able to partner with Lenovo and just have this ready to go on a large scale because this things it kind of needs to move really quickly in order for other people to be able to utilize it, um, which can always be a problem. Scalability can always be a little bit iffy when it comes to new, uh, newer technology. I just backtracking a bit because I'm curious. Do you guys decide how many kiosks are necessary based on the amount of people that will be in attendance, if you will, or is it more of a location process? Yeah, so we worked with the, for football, for example, we worked with the event staff, the the you know the the event management team to decide where did we need these things. And so, for example, one of those was um, doing that and concession stands, doing those at you know finding where those lines where we thought people would congregate. Um, when it's in a in a building, you know, it might be entrances, but it might be you know where the coffee is, right? Like if everyone's lining up for Starbucks, right? Like we need to make sure that we're handling that. So we really just work with the event team to uh, to find out what are the best places, and it's more about the place rather than the number of people coming by. And as you mentioned, you want this to get out for all sorts of events. You know, I can see this in, in amusement parks, for conferences, schools, libraries, I mean, you name it, right? Where people congregate. <laughs> but how do you see this impacting large scale events? You know, I'm thinking festivals and where, where crowding naturally occurs. Do you see this helping that reintroduction and, and, and really, not to say that it doesn't work, but when there is a natural tendency towards crowding, do you, how do you see that this impacting those types of, of events. Yeah. So 
I see that there's an opportunity to find the right solution using the base technology for each one of those types of events. So yes, we can nail it when you come in the door. We can do it when you're standing in line to get your drink or whatever. But you know, maybe it matters if it's you know an amphitheater. It's the people who are on the grass. And is there a way that we could use you know lights or something to like communicate to them that you know maybe you need to spread out, or if that person's not in your in your bubble, that there's something different there. And so I think in 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 each one of those cases we could take this underlying technology and expand it and use it and make it custom for what that event would require. I love that. Kind of, this is really just the start and that that showcases that beautifully, um, which lines me up great for my last question for both of you. It's more of an opinion piece, but I think it it's really important because this is designed specifically for COVID. But how do you see this technology impacting in-person events post-COVID? Yeah, um, I think it's obvious kind of now that COVID exposure is not going to be like the only limiting factor for in-person events in the future. But um, I think that there's like a new focus of the health greeter kiosks and um, as like greet health as a package, which is like all three of the components um, of. Um, and, and that's just giving people some some level of peace of mind after I think such a crazy year of worrying and hearing obsessive coverage of the virus that I think that it will be on people's mind, you know, if not subconsciously for a while. And if Greed Health and these health greeter kiosks can like reduce any of those anxieties of making people feel um, safer once they start returning to, you know, in-person events, I think that that's the goal. Yeah. As we move forward, I think there are a lot of things that, um, that people are going to want to do that they may not feel comfortable yet. And if this technology can help them do that, we can. I foresee that we will continue to have masks in the fall, right? And so I think that is still gonna be a need there. But this technology, you know, can do a lot of things. Like we can detect the movement of people and how people move and their, you know, kind of like the skeleton view. And so maybe we use this thing, this messaging for encouraging exercise while you wait. You know, I think there's a lot of other steps that we can take to use the underlying technology to solve the next new problem. And I'm excited to see what that looks like because... I, I do see this as the start of something that's going to expand pretty rapidly um, with right now it's focus still staying on COVID, which is very important. Uh, Steven, Natalie, I have loved this conversation. It's exciting. It's exciting to know that, the, you know, this is a solution that we've needed and now we're going to see implemented, you know, on a large scale. Um, if people are want to learn more about what you guys are doing, not just with the kiosk, although that is really important and we'll link to that, but also just with the different types of innovations that you are creating, where can they best find you? So you can follow uh, the Reese Innovation Lab on social media, um, uh, Greet Health, uh, you know, healthgreeter.com, greethealth.com is basically how we're getting these devices out. But if you want to know more about what the lab is doing, kind of all the AI and VR and all those things, uh, it's reeseinnovate.com. Perfect. And I will link all of that in the show notes. Uh, once again, thank you both so much. I've, I've really enjoyed this conversation. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the You Should Know This podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing or sending us a quick five-star review. Episodes come out weekly, and we're excited to bring you along as we talk to the companies and individuals who are leading us into the future.